0: What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com/wondery and use code Wondery for twenty percent off your first purchase.
1: That's bombas.com/wondery code Wondery.
0: Welcome to Nerdist Podcast number five forty-one. Yes, I am sick, um, so I'm not going to talk a whole lot because I sound not good. I'm sure it's not fun to listen to, and uh, and I apologize. Yes, I'm sorry for getting sick. I will take that on. I apologize that I got sick. Um, just so you know, we added a second Nerdist Podcast live at San Diego Comic-Con. The first show was at 10.30. We added a 7.30 show because the first one is <laughs> sold out. So um, please sell out the second one. Um, so uh, go to, well, just go to the internet, I guess. You know, I, I should have been prepared with the URL. Just, San Diego Comic Con 2014 Nerdist Podcast Live, and then uh, Google it, and then get the ticket link. I apologize. It's because I'm sick. I have a sick brain. This episode is Gary Cole. Um, Gary Cole, um, has been in a million and a half things. Uh, he is a phenomenal actor. He's just a cool dude. He kind of reminded me of Cranston a lot. Um, so uh, we had a great chat. He's in a movie called Tammy, which is out uh, in theaters on July 2nd. That's the movie with Melissa McCarthy in it. And, um, you know, Gary, you probably know from the Brady Bunch movie or from Office Space or, you know, as I said, any other million and a half things that he's done. And uh, here he is right now on the Nerdist podcast number 541. It's Gary Cole. <coughs> I'm sick.
1: Now entering Nerdist.com. We just started. I have not now nor ever have been a member. Never mind. Are you a member? Wait, you are a member of the Communist a Party. A member of PETA. No. <laughs>
0: Wait, what? That's not what this trial's about. But I'm glad we know. I'm glad we know. Um, y- y- you... Uh, I-, I have a story that involves me approaching you Uh-oh. That I- that I'm sure you will not remember. And I'm glad because in the back of my head, I've always chalked it up as one of my... Uh, celebrity fails on my part, which is, I was doing a voiceover thing, and I ran into you at um, oh the the it's, it was in, it's in North Hollywood somewhere on uh, a voiceover yeah it was a voiceover thing okay all right and I came up to you because uh, the previous week um, s- oh our, our, my friendly Alan Baker was doing a show with you for sure. HBO right 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 and she said I did a love scene with Gary Cole. And Rob, um, uh, my, my friend Rob, uh, really quickly said, man, as in Gary Coleman. And I related the story to you. And you were like, yeah. and before I finish, you go, yeah, yeah, because our names are similar. And, and, I, and, and, and so I, but what. what it, we compete it, for all the same parts. What it and reminded we did. me, what it reminded me is, <laughs> what it reminded me is that. Don't approach someone with a funny story about their name because it's their name and they fucking know it already. Huh. They know it already. They've heard it a million times and you're not the first. That is what I was reminded by. I'm like, I can't believe I've been in the business this
1: That long. was my name the first like eight months I was in Hollywood. Every every <laughs> casting office that opened, I'd like to introduce you to Gary Coleman. I mean, I'm sorry, Gary Coleman. Different guy. Yeah. Totally. When I got to town in like 80, I guess, what? 83, 84 was the first work I did here he was like huge he yeah was, couldn't get any different bigger. strokes was at the peak of its there was you know. it was a train that was never slowing right. down he was the king of NBC Gary yeah. Coleman
0: so and I mean a, sp- a spinoff. yeah Facts Alive
1: yeah, yeah money money was flowing yeah and so then, it was, uh, yeah, I had to quickly correct everyone. about that. <laughs> we, no, were, we were always confused. That was yeah. probably always the
0: well. Although I got to say, probably a good icebreaker in an audition room. Yes. You're like I
1: know you thought, but I'm yeah. I, I, it did loosen up the room a little yeah. bit. Yeah, people so started chuckling. Shouldn't I? You don't want me to read for this small African American child part, or yeah? I, 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 what are you saying? I, I mean, prepared. You're really putting uh, limitations on this role. <laughs> I mean, I'm know? an actor. I, you know, I can be. You know, I can. I can be versatile. So, 83 is when you got to Los Angeles. I did the first, well, 84, actually. Uh, it was the Summer Olympics. First job I had. I had done one uh, network TV movie back in the heyday of network TV movies. Mm-hmm. And that was the year before. But then the first time I worked here was in, uh, actually, it was the summer that the the Olympics were here in Los Angeles in so 1984. Yeah. It, was a, it was an
0: electric time. Oh, it here. was. It was. We still have the Coliseum. Oh, way back then, yes. What was, uh, so what was, uh, let's see, I had been to Los Angeles in 1984, I think, at some point, but what was the, uh, what, was the what was the climate of the entertainment business in 1984?
1: Uh, well, it was still pretty, I mean, there were virtually no cable television. I think there was this upstart, you know, channel that everyone laughed at called Fox. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if they, that was around. It was basically, you know, it was three network channels. That was it. Uh, you know, 80% of the movie business was shot in town. Uh, and that's very different today. It's not
0: the same anymore. You know,
1: you'd be hard-pressed. I've worked, I've worked quite a bit in the last couple of years, and I'm real grateful for that. None of it has been in Los Angeles, though. So.
0: It's very rare. It's yeah. expensive to shoot here.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's not friendly,
0: you know. You probably spent a lot of time in Vancouver.
1: I've done the Couve. I've done Toronto. I've done Shreveport. I've done Savannah, <laughs> Georgia. I've done uh, Austin, Texas. Uh, People yeah. go to
0: Prague sometimes. Sure. So should... I
1: was just in Bulgaria. To, to shoot a movie about people in Manhattan stuck in an elevator—that—that's <laughs> why you go to Bulgaria because they got great elevators in Bulgaria.
0: Yeah, but you're going to get stuck in one. And you might as well shoot a movie yeah. the
1: way there. What the hell?
0: What was your What was your ultimate plan when you did you come out to Los Angeles to be a performer
1: or was there another reason? I, I did. I don't. I've never had much of a plan about anything. Maybe that's partly my downfall. But. Um, no, I was I was in. I came from Chicago. I was doing a lot of theater in Chicago, and I wound up out here in '84, just almost as a fluke. It was just it was a, a mini series that um, was very close to shooting, and they were looking for this uh, role. Uh, it was called Fatal Vision. It was about a a guy named um, Jeff McDonald, who uh, was uh, convicted of, uh, finally convicted of murdering his family. He was a Green Beret doctor, and all was a true story. And uh, they hadn't cast this role, but the movie was set to go. So I basically was still in Chicago, and uh, the casting director knew, you know, one of those stories. A friend of a friend of a friend flew out here, got the part, and, you know, then just started to... Hop back and forth for the next few years from Chicago to here.
0: Were you doing Were you doing any type of uh, comedy or theater in Chicago? I was. I, I.
1: Yeah, I had done. I had done kind of fifty fifty each on stage. I had done comedy and I had done you know dramas and all that. Um, and so, but when I got here, I virtually kind of fell into the the network drama and or when I got here the the bread and butter of network television was these disease of the week or or women in jeopardy (laughs) movies yep Uh, they were all over the schedule they were like Forty percent of of the of the broadcast schedule. So that that's I did a lot of that.
0: What types of what types of roles were you getting? Were you getting the role of anybody that you know? Somebody
1: that did something horrible to a woman. Somebody who was with a woman who had something horrible done to her. Mm-hmm. Dying people, dying children, dying this, dying <laughs> that. This disease, that disease. Uh, some were OK. Some were decently done. Some were I, the kindest thing I would say is were disposable.
0: Do you remember your do you remember one where you went, you know, I know it's important to work, but this is really bad. This is the worst.
1: Um, well, early on, no, because I was like, I can't I couldn't believe the the the. The financial return compared to where I had come from, sure. so I, I wasn't questioning too much. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know that I, any any great deal of nobility any ever creeped into my soul. Period. Um, uh, there, but there were a few that I just n- knew were not so much that I knew that, that the material itself was whatever questionable, but but that the job I was doing necessarily was just I wasn't. It was early. I was learning a lot, and and sometimes after you work a while, you figure out how to make things work that may be questionable. Mm -hmm. And but there were times early in my career I didn't know how to do that, so so they just came off as questionable and bad, and you know, kind of wincing, you know, when you watch them. So
0: yeah, but you got to go through that stuff because you don't, you can't appreciate the good stuff unless you've had the. No, I do,
1: especially in front of a camera. I think you learn sometimes more. By doing something and doing it horribly, mm-hmm. and looking at it later and go, oh boy, that's, I'm not going to do that again. Well, you have, I mean, look, or I'm going to learn not what to not do. If you watch yourself
0: from you know 25 years ago and you go, that guy was good. You probably have not grown a lot as right, a, right, as a right. performer. Yeah, no, it's, I agree it's very important.
1: That. You know, I, I was lucky a few times early, and, and, and also that a lot of that had to do with good material and good directors. Yeah, uh, but then there's sometimes you watch and you go, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> it's painful. Really painful.
0: What so what was the thing for you that you started to feel like everything aligning and like, oh this is yeah, this is this kinda clicked. What 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 was that?
1: Well the first thing I did I was very, very lucky. It was very good material and I was with like, you know, kind of iconic actors. I was working with uh Carl Malden and Eva Marie Saint and Andy Griffith. That's that was the first time I showed up here and, and, and uh and had a job. So that was like you know, it was unbelievable to me. And the material was good. Director was good. And so that worked well. Um, and then later on, I did a series about four about four years later called Midnight Caller, mm-hmm. um, which had a really good writing staff and, for the most part, really strong writing. And the fact of that was a great learning environment when you when you're doing a series and you're playing a character and i i virtually worked every day all day so it was just kind of not only the material was good but the the amount of work i had to do on a daily basis kind of forced you into you know figuring out how to be in front of a camera and and survive that way and and you know you know, it, it, little things like just being relaxed and and you know not forcing things, and so over a period of time, I just got more and more confident. And that was a that was pretty key for me, I think, early on.
0: But when I, I when I think of you as a performer too, I, I think of someone who makes really great choices. That you go, oh fuck, I, that's I that's exactly how that character should be. Like that's that guy. So did you focus a lot on character work, or was
1: it just like? Eh, you know, and just sort of do whatever. Well, uh, choices is that's the secret to to anything in, uh, in playing a character. It's it's to make. First of all, is to make choices. Period, <laughs> good or bad. <laughs> but it, what's worse than than bad choices is, is is somebody playing a character and and it looks like they've made no choice, and it's just kind of vanilla and right. bland. You know, I'd rather see like I, I, I'd rather see a performance that makes me angry. <laughs> <laughs> than a than one that makes me bored, right? You know what I mean, or just non, or just like somebody that's invisible. I, you know, I'd rather go. I can't believe he's doing that. You know, but it's 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 a it's some kind of committed choice, and that's what I think the key is 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 to, you know, go through to go through the script and the story, and how is that how's this character going to serve the story best, and then you base your choices on that. But it's all about that. It's all about you know you know crossing the T and dot in the I and and how it fits in with the rest of everybody else and also the story itself yeah
0: and so with uh, so i have to ask for for when brady bunch comes along how does that i mean it obviously the approach that they took to that which it would is the in my mind the only way they could have approached yes, that project. Correct. The only way they correct. could have done that. Right. So did you have a sense of that going in or so you okay you knew I
1: knew and 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 as soon as and I had known Betty Thomas. I had worked with Betty Thomas before. She had directed me once before and I, I just knew her um from mutual friends. Um and this that script had been flow. I had heard about that script for years. There was rumors about oh, we're gonna do a pretty much movie. And the first you know question a lot of people would ask was and and why right? <laughs> why would that be? Um, but obviously they they wanted they they wanted a a kind of a you know a blueprint of all those other actors. They they wanted people to remember all those quirks of all of those specific people: Robert Reed, Florence Henderson, Eve Plum, all of them. Uh, and that's what Betty set out to do. And it was also shot the same way. You know, you had that – anytime you were in the house, you had this kind of, you know, washed out, white, bland, flat look, you know, with the AstroTurf lawn and, and all of that stuff. And then when you went outside, it was all different. And they – it was like a monster movie that they were – you know they they were left in the seventies, and everybody else had moved ahead, and everybody who saw them got were were almost frightened by them because they were so <laughs> weird um so yeah I, I and that was that that was the best idea to just do it and try to redo them and like have everybody regard them as normal. All the other people would have would have been a big mistake. I don't think it would have been funny, and it wouldn't. I don't know that it would have been particularly watchable on on any level. <laughs> so she made a good choice. Yeah. So what
0: was your what was what was your approach to the to Mike? Like what was what was his? I, I
1: when I I I started to watch multiple episodes, which was you know, which was a task. Unto itself, <laughs> um, but I started to notice that his big thing was they always left him with the moral of the story kind right. of thing. You know, Greg, if you you know if you do A, then B will happen. Well, know? it was the '60s, and he was the dad, right? Right, exactly. He was the sitcom dad, and he had the answer to every every question, every dilemma. Nah. But he also had. I started to notice this kind of. You would think it was a, well, it's not very distinct delivery, but he he had some kind of. He could he could put five syllables in a word that had one somehow. I mean, he was a greg, you know. And so I tried to get something going with that. And then as the script started to roll in, and they kept giving him more of these moral of the story things that made absolutely no sense whatsoever. Um, the goal was just probably to make him as as, as vacant and clueless. <laughs> as possible and yet on the on the outside seem totally confident just it's all platitudes and but what and no he's substance. saying is absolutely you know <laughs> <laughs> just absurd gibberish, but but he he's very confident. That, yeah. And did you, did you ever meet Robert Reed? Was he alive no. when the movie came out? No, did, he, did he? I think he no he had no he had passed away probably well before the movie. Did I can't remember when I just we left. did Sherwood Short, Schwartz was a was a was a presence though on the set. He, he came, must have been a hundred years old. He was very he was at the time. I think I'm not sure he was in his 90s yet. I think he was like 90 or 91. He wow. was a riot. He would come and he would tell stories about them all and and he was uh he had a he really enjoyed himself and it was great to have him there because we could just you know we could ask him about stuff and we actually shot the first movie on um in the, on the same stage where they they shot at paramount so it was like a there were ghosts in there
0: <sighs> it
1: is kind of funny that it, that that show
0: was sort of the beginning of um Yeah, people in this business get real fucked up, and sometimes it can happen publicly. Like, it it really was sort of the start of that era of the public starting to be like, oh, TV people, uh, they're not, uh, some of them are not normal.
1: No, it was starting to be, you had some, the beginning of some media uh, coverage, media entertainment, early 70s. I think it went on in 69. And all of those kids, and they were kids when they started, they really, you know, they all grew up in front of the camera, which is is not an easy thing, I'm sure, to do. They were all, like, at least... I think uh, Barry and, and uh, Maureen were probably, I don't know, maybe 14 when they started. Everybody else what was a in?
0: crazy time to have that kind of a show when, essentially, the world is, like, flipped on its head. Right. And culturally, well, insane shit is happening. Sure.
1: And you look. I mean, you look at the. You look at television in. You know, from like oh, just starting in like sixty eight or something. You know, the the country is 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 on fire literally, <laughs> and we're watching. I dream of genie. Yep. And you know, my favorite Martian. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, total fantasy. You know, just es- escapism. Complete and, and, escapism. But yeah. then
0: also, you know, I'm sure kind of driving, I mean, that next wave of television that came after it was a, in, I'm assuming just a complete reaction to that. No, no, no. People have more shades to their personalities and that's so that whole Norman Lear era sure. of television. Right.
1: It's like, no. Well, you could say one thing about the Brady Bunch. I don't know that we'd seen a, a family you know, a for lack of a better word, mixed family. You yeah. Know, they were from, you know, he had his, gr- he had his brood, she had hers. Yeah, I guess, and we I guess don't, and I'm not, I don't even remember what the situation was, was with their other spouses. I don't think they mentioned the word, I don't think it was divorce. I don't know what, oh, when I, uh, yeah, I don't, did they, did, were they both widowers? I, I guess maybe they were, probably. I guess Because in they, 1969, they were going, yeah, let's hook up. I just divorced my wife, and now it's yeah, time to get married. Yeah, you just get yeah.
0: these three really annoying kids. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the husband drinks, and he fucking won't shut up right, about right. whatever so it is I, I that he's I going, going it was about. I doubt yeah, uh, yeah, I guess that really that was. was a, that was a new one, though. That really was a new one. Actually, in a way, it was sort of culturally <laughs> forward-thinking because it, it dealt with the idea of a broken family coming together and well, forming a new family.
1: Yeah, but I guess they didn't have to carry the stigma of broken. They could just say... You know, <laughs> no. They were, they were grieving families.
0: They were. Internally, they were broken. Right. But on the outside, everything was groovy. Yeah, and I got... and, and,
1: and It was dated. a dark, dark show. Very face dark. It, if it, you
0: look just under the surface... Yes. Which is ultimately the subtext of the movie, which is like, there was this was dark. Which is what which is you want to spend your time doing, it's, you know, <laughs> probing underneath the depths
1: of the Brady Bunch.
0: Is that... So what is the... What types of what are you a guy that just like oh i just like to work and in what whatever it is i'm just like just give it to me and i like work or do you do you seek out specific types of of
1: roles i i mean at this point no i mean i am really just kind of reacting to what's uh, real or what's you know an opportunity for me um i think i've you know over the years you try to develop some kind of you know uh, bullshit meter in terms of what you think you can what you can do well and what you think is gonna you know fall on its face, yeah no matter what you do um so you just kind of have to weigh that i've been just i've been real fortunate and especially in the last few years is is to be is to find myself winding up not only with really good material but really good people working with and um and that's you know i mean as a as kind of a journeyman act that's that, that's all you're going hope for that's the best you can hope for
0: so you do you, do you, do you believe that it's uh you, it's like oh, it's just a never-ending process, and everything is a everything's an experience. Or I mean, do you feel like you have stuff figured out, or does it seem like
1: no, 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 no? You, well, I mean, you, you have you have a body of work to draw from, and you have experiences to draw from that help you when you're working. But you continually, I think, if you pay attention, that's that's the key, <laughs> is paying attention and and having the energy to pay attention when you are working. Uh, you can you can really learn a lot. I'm in a situation now that we're in, on this show Veep with uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, um, which is done totally differently than most television I've ever done. I mean, it's it's every script we get, we have a table read, then they throw the script away. And, and we get up and we just kind of Move through every scene without the script and improvise it, and start to you know tweak it, and it, it, it morphs into a bunch of different forms. Then the writers go away; they either take some of that, don't mix it up, and we come back, and they've got another script again. We do the same thing over again. Oh my god! So it's just a it's just like it's an, it's an evolving and even, collaboration. And even when it's and even when we're shooting, that process on a smaller level is taking place, and we're we're just even if a scene isn't working. Or even if it is working, but they want something else out of it then it will on the set on the day it will be manipulated and turned around um uh as we go, which is true on some in some places, but most of the time it's like once something hits the paper and those are the words in a one hour drama or even a comedy it's that's it you just you make those work hell or high water, and that's not that's not the situation here. And she's in a I just think she's amazing and and but she's in a zone right now where she's just like
0: I think she's been know. in a zone for like the last 30 years. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking crazy, you know. She
1: No, her level of uh the, the combination of of her, her ability and her uh, her work ethic, it's it's lethal. I mean, she Who gets she's
0: 3 great. hit critically acclaimed shows like one right, right. after the other? That's fu- it's so I mean, that's yeah. that's when you you really start to Go like, oh yeah, it wasn't a fluke. No, no, it no. It was. It no, was her. She, she is not a fluke whatsoever. She's
1: she's got the goods. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> and so, do you? You know, do you? Uh, what's your work ethic in turn of like? Do you leave it at, at the? Can you leave it at the studio, or do you go home and? Pour over it or is it how? how? No,
1: I rarely pour over anything. (laughs) (laughs) When when I hear rap for the day, yeah, no, that's there's 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 not a lot of pouring. Okay, so it really so it it,
0: you you can it can be like a job. Yeah, I've
1: never I've well, yeah, I I've never been uh, I I, you know, kind of it, it never seems to me that it's it's some kind of lingering. Uh, thing to me, I think that when you're not in the act of working, it's it's just you know it, it's on hold until you start it again. Yeah, you know, but that's not true for everybody. I that that, that I'm just saying that that's that's the way you know that's the way it feels to me. How many times a week do people shout Office Space quotes at you? <laughs> is it is it a thousand times a week? Or is it uh, 10, well, it depends where I am. Depends where. If I'm in a contained space, <laughs> in, in, in an airport, I'll hear a lot more because you know you're there and you're not going anywhere. You're not in motion <laughs> until you get on the plane, right? Uh, no, it it uh, it's 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 pretty amazing that 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 movie has kind of lasted. This long because that right now that's like a that's what is it fifteen years I think like fifteen yeah sixteen years yeah 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 and so
0: was that uh, what was that process like was it all was it was Mike Judge like here's the script or was he said you know do you say go build this character or let's play with it or real
1: no it was very specific especially well Office Space is actually based on two little short animations that he did both of which only had. Uh, my character and Milton. I remember them from the Spikey Mike Festivals. Right. Yeah. In one in one there's another there's actually a, a smaller character of a delivery guy with a hand truck that a Mike also voices. Yeah. And he did all the voices for, for both characters. So so my when I went in to meet for it, I had the, he had sent out these animations. So I just went in and you know and I looked at it and I I you know, I decided right there. So I can't I can't do it better than this. So I'll do this. I'll just, you know, do an imitation of this. I'm I'm assuming that's what they want to have happen. and yeah. and I was correct <laughs> in my <laughs> assumption. Um so yeah, I just I just based it on on what he did and so the rest of the movie he wrote around those two characters. So I, that's how the movie came out. I guess it I guess it
0: sounds to me, without really knowing you at all, but just it kind of sounds to me like you have probably the healthiest attitude about the entertainment business, which is like you know i go to work i uh you know i enjoy my work i work hard and then i don't think about it when i leave because you can't just like with office space you can't know that that is going to become a movie that has permeated pop culture for 15 no. years you don't know what's going to be a hit or what people are never going to see no
1: but what you can have what what you can know and i don't know if you can know it but you can have an instinct about it, and everyone in that movie did they all knew that it was it was good. They all knew it was something that they would watch and that made them laugh. All of the actors in the movie. We were all talking about how you know how great Mike was and how specific the characters were. But you never know. You never know a movie's how uh, if a movie's going to break through or have an impact or push people's buttons. You're not going to know any of that until it until it does or doesn't. Um, so it was. Uh, yeah, it was a you know. But it was certainly a, a pleasant surprise that it that it, <laughs> that it hung around as long as it did. I'm was there
0: ever talk of like let's do more of these
1: there was I'm sure from the studio after not not initially because it didn't do it didn't really do well at all The, the it got off the hook only because it didn't cost a lot to make so it didn't really lose money but it didn't make any money initially and then it started to have this you know kind of Life afterwards. That was about the time, also, when I think the the, the business of of DVDs and, yeah. and you know its sale to to, uh, to pay television and stuff that that was peaking, and then it it able it was able to kind of snowball from there. I mean, who would have thought there there was not that there has been a great I don't know what the take on the merchandise from this movie is, but there is the fact that there is merchandise. Period. Yeah, about a movie about guys walking around in an office. <laughs> You know and people selling staplers off its shelf because you know from a movie that's you know nobody nobody would have thought that. Um, but it was hard yeah, I mean it was uh, it was hard to know at the time. What's your favorite part of the
0: process? Is it the actual? because the thing that you the thing that you do, the thing that is your profession, you actually do the least, which is actually your on camera acting. like that I feel like you spend the least time doing the thing that you actually, are the most trained to do
1: probably true. So what yeah. is your what is your that's opinion? why it's a bizarre business. <laughs> it's really fucking weird. You're you're waiting. <laughs> you know, you're, you're, you're waiting to be in a process. It, it, a lot of it is yeah. It's it's uh, that's kind of where the some of the you know uh, you know I guess insanity comes from if you want to call it that. But um, I don't know. I mean, it's just you know, it's just being I, I think open to when you are working, grateful for when you are. And realizing that it, you know, that when you are working, it's not a given. You know, that's what I realized pretty early. You know, I, I had success early. I was young, and I worked a lot. But there still were times when all of a sudden it was just it just would stop. You know, and it would just like you're not. You know, there's just there's just there is no next thing. You know, and you don't know what the next thing is going to be. And there's periods of time that you know that would that would linger. And so that's when it gets you know, a little dicey about what's, you know, what's going on. But that's true with anybody who's in any kind of freelance business. Anybody that's, you know, making stuff for a living that they're selling. I mean, you know, they're going to have up and down time. So it's just kind of...
0: Yeah, but still, it's like... I mean, and it's only recently started to change a little bit because people can... Ultimately, you can go make something and put it on the internet. Sure. Which is, you right. know, which can work or it cannot work. But I feel like in other businesses... It, you know, it's not necessarily like I'm waiting for someone to tell me that I'm good enough to be in this thing, and I don't know when that's going to be because the, the you know, it's just
1: right. Well, there's she, yeah, but I mean, there's yeah, I mean, it, it, somebody put it in a good way to me once. They, they got, I'm boy, I'm sick of waiting for permission to work, which is yeah. you know, but that's you know that that's one way. There's a lot of people, and uh, you know that that take that into their own hands, you know, and it's I think it's even true truer now than it used to be, even though there was, you know, that Mavericks that did that, that, you know, actors that showed up here and just started to create their own material. Um, But I think now, because of all of the, you know, all of the resources and, you know, technology and... An example is, you know, with with Seth Rogen and and his partner, Evan Goldberg, who wrote Pineapple Express and a million other movies and, you know, got their permanent office at Sony Pictures and they're just, you know, writing one movie after the other. You know, and he was like when he did Pineapple, Pineapple Express, I don't know, he was 20, I don't know what he was, 25, 26 years old. You know, I was I was still roaming around bars in Chicago when I was 25, <laughs> and 26. And when he was in eighth grade, he and Evan Goldberg were writing movies, shooting them on their little digital phones or whatever, and editing them at, at home. You know, and I was when I was in eighth grade, I was throwing cherry bombs into the creek and watching them blow up. So, I mean, it's a different, you know, life experience there. So when, when they hit town, they had a trunkload of material already that they were ready to, you know, try to, uh, you know, put in the marketplace and they broke through. Now, for every story like that, there's a 100 other ones that that just, you know, never, never get in an office store. But they, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't do it the, you know, I mean, he started on a TV show, Freaks and Geeks, but beyond that, he was able to generate his own career, Yeah, you know, and not wait for permission, except for, I mean, it was a little different. He had to wait for permission for somebody to green light his material. Right. But once that happened, then he kind of, you know, wrote his own ticket. So what, what do you, what do you like to do in the off time?
0: Do you do you do nothing, or do you? Hey?
1: Well, I had. I mean, in the meantime, you know, life happened. You know, I had a family. I had a, a daughter that um, you know was is twenty one years old now. So that was a great deal of time devoted to you mm-hmm. know her, you know her her life and you know her needs and all of that. Um, and that still takes place, even though she's twenty one. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't end. It changes and morphs into something else. But. Uh, um you know, and I've been in the last few years. I've been uh, I've been pretty busy. So you know, um, with the mix of that, that pretty much you know, pretty much eats it all up.
0: Does it? Does it basically just go from thing to thing to thing? Like you're working on Veep, and then whether you are Friday on Monday, you're doing something
1: this else. last couple of years. That has been that has been true. Um, I've been on Veep. Veep is about five months a year. I was I was at the same time was also doing and still am here and there. A recurring role on The Good Wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, I had a little thing on uh, Suits mm-hmm. for another few months. Um, this summer, I've been doing uh, a, a, like I've done already like five or six independent films, all in different. You know, one's in, one in Austin, and one's going to be here, one's going to be in Cleveland. So it it actually has you know I've had time in between each, but not a lot. You know, just weeks at a time. So I've been you know, um been able to keep busy so far.
0: How do you view success? Would you say like I made it, I am successful because I am working all the time, or do you go, oh, I really want to kind of do this thing before I feel like aha or do you not even think about that? Eh,
1: stuff? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a loaded word, I think, especially in this business. Because you, you don't know if it
0: means financial or if it means like number of it can, eyeballs. It, can, it or... can mean
1: it can mean all of that, you know, but it it it, it you know, I, I, ju- I just base I just go with reality. You know, I'm on a, I'm in a enviable position for a lot of actors. I'm on a show that people seem to give a shit about mm-hmm. that is, uh, really good. Um, and has, you know, has some kind of acclaim that way. And that is lasting, <laughs> which is even, you know, the most important thing. um, so that, to me, is you know, for, for where I am sitting in my career, that that's I would I would define that as somewhat you know a success. Sure.
0: Yeah. Why do you think that uh, it's just it's just such a weird business because it plays upon a lot of people's insecurities just because of the amount of rejection or just the amount of judgment or the amount of, but it also seems to attract people that <laughs> are predisposed to be. Really scared and insecure and need validation and like it really seems like just the worst mix of of two
1: things. Well, I think together. I don't know. I think there's a lot of if if you if you look at the need, to, the the most important thing to me is if before someone seeks out some kind of survival in the business, I would say talent. Sure, very helpful, mm-hmm. <laughs> but if if there is no desire to 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 need to perform, you know, for whatever reason, some intangible reason, you must perform. You must. You see this story, and you've got to be a part of it to tell it. If that isn't kind of really out front, then it's it's. I don't know. It's it's not. It, it's it, the foundation is can be shaky. Now people can, you know, they can be incredibly talented and have success, and, and really don't like doing it at all. Right. Like a lot of people don't like their jobs, but they make a great deal of money at it. And then that, you know, that all happens. But I think over the long term, anybody that's going to have longevity in the business has embraces that kind of insanity, if you will, of, of, of the, you know, the, you know, the rejection of it, the, the kind of, uh, you know, seemingly unfairness of it, but, but there is no what, what's fair. There's nothing fair, and that's true with everything. Right. You know? um, um, I think that um, you know, as long as you, if, if the need, if that's the need up front, is the need to this this survival to perform, then all the business end of it, you call it show business. If you got the show, if that's really what you got at your core, then you know you you tolerate the business end of it, and you survive <laughs> the business. That that stuff will work out of itself. I remember talking to kids. At a at a like Q and A thing, and they were asking about, you know, well, what's it, you know, the the public eye and this and that, and you know, and I was that, that, that's or or where do you get your pictures, or how do you who is it about who you know and all of it, and, and I said that'll work itself out if you really want to do this. If you have if there's no if there's no Plan B, if this is Plan A and there is no Plan B, which I believe for a lot of people is the only way to survive it. Mm-hmm then that's the most important thing. All that other stuff is just, you know, that that's, that's stuff. That'll work itself out.
0: It's almost counterintuitive. I feel like Bryan Cranston said the exact same thing. He said, there was no plan B. I just knew if I had to live in an apartment with four other guys that this was going to be well, the thing I it, was going to do. Well, it gives you
1: clarity. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You know, if you say, I'm in, I'm in. And that's what I I remember actually and actually saying the words when I was 20 years old in college. And I had no, you know, I was in Bloomington, Illinois. I had not been anywhere near anything that resembled the business or whatever i was in college but i had done you know a fair amount of work for my age in terms of being on stage not that any of it was any good but i had you know i had been in that environment i liked it i needed to be there and i just kind of in my brain said you know what i'm 20 years old but i'm in i'm in for the duration i don't and it doesn't matter i'm not going anywhere else don't want to you know, And everything I did led to that. Sure, I had to get jobs and all that stuff, but it was always, in my mind, knew it was temporary. I didn't embark on any kind of other career path, mainly because I had <laughs> I certainly had no qualifications in any other career
0: path. Kind of interesting that it's almost, some people would say, well, it's risky not to have a plan B, but I guess another point of view is that it is risky to give yourself backup plans because then if the second things aren't going well, you're like bail.
1: Well, but that, I, I think that's the moment of, of clarity that people have. And I think, you know, I've known people that I, that I knew were talented, really talented that that's how they, they, they didn't, they put a, t- they put their one foot in the pool and they just said, yeah, this is I kind of enjoy this, but who, eh, I don't know. It just looks, you know, I, I have visions of a, <laughs> a futon in a closet and I don't want to, those sharks at the end of that pool. Those yeah, look yeah, like yeah. sharks. Uh, and they, you know, they went, so, they went elsewhere and that's, that's cool. But, but I think you're right. I think it's, I think on some level it's helpful to just say, that's it. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm putting my head down, I'm going through this fence and, uh, you know, I'm not looking back.
0: What is it that you see, you know, when, you know, especially if you're, cause you're pretty set with Veep but when when these used to do a bunch of independent films so when these independent films come in what is it that you look for like what what is it that pops about something for you that makes you feel like i'm going to Well you always the look
1: at material first and you look at you know in, in this in this climate in movies you look at you know how much how much is nothing you know you say you have no money does that mean no money <laughs> Everyone says that now or low money cuz there's a difference you know so you you do look at that or does I, that mean you just have it but you don't want to part
0: with it or does that mean it? i
1: mean if 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 people ask you, "We'd like you to do this movie, but we'd like you to pay us," then you probably don't want to deal with it. That's not a good no proposition. Uh, So you do look at that, you know, and then uh, and then the same thing. You look at you look at the people involved. You know, you look at material, and then you look at people. Um, Sometimes you look at people first. Um, And if you're that jazzed about the people that are doing the project, and you've you know you admired people for a long time and want to collaborate with them. then that signals you know your choice
0: you seem like the kind of guy to me that could do like a huge blockbuster movie but then all of a sudden you know some guy, kid right out of college would send you a script that you were like this is really interesting i'll just come do your movie because it looks neat
1: well i yeah i mean i it, it all it all winds up in the same place i mean you know you're going to be watching it on your couch whatever it is <laughs> or not um, so it doesn't yeah, that that whatever whatever environment or whatever size of of a project doesn't really, you know, it doesn't really necessarily mean anything. It's it's what's do you think it's going to work ultimately, you know? Uh it's a guess beforehand, sure. But um, you know, over time you you kind of get a an instinct of what, you know, what will be successful and what could lead to a lot of egg on your face. <laughs> yeah. And how do you do? You, uh, if you
0: have you have you made choices before? You're like, I think I've got egg on the face. And then how do you kind of process that? Do you just go
1: well. Oh. Once you're in, you're in. I mean, that's 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 that's, that's <laughs> just commitment. part. Of, well, yeah, that's just part of being professional. You choose to do something. You choose to accept something. You gotta you gotta deliver what even if you're, even if it's painful to do so. You know, uh, you try to, you know, and you try to be as successful within that as I've not been anything where I was just. Well, that's not true, Uh, but it was for other reasons. I've not been in a situation where where I was just continually wincing all the time, going, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm doing this. You know, I'm able to, like, you know, block it out or whatever i was in one situation was i could not believe that the but it had to do with the it had to do with the inexperience of a, of a crew that had basically never done a movie before and i didn't realize that and it was just we were we were spending five hours on something that should have taken 20 minutes and it was just <laughs> you know that that was a little you know that was a little rattling but you know i got through that it was it was mercifully short so it didn't matter Is there anything other than acting
0: in the business that you would want to do or have done?
1: Uh, I've dabbled in, and I may, you know, at some point before I croak, um, uh, I've been dabbling, writing a few things um, that I'd like to, you know, just kind of weird bits and pieces of a character and a story I've got in my head over a long period of time. Uh, And maybe, you know, if I ever get over my laziness, I will, you know, put that all together and see if I can. I don't know that I would direct it. I, I, I don't know. I think I'd probably be better off with somebody else actually directing it since I haven't, I haven't re- never directed anything. Um, but to put, to put some elements together one time would be a goal for me.
0: Yeah. You know. And do you think that, uh, have have people, I mean, I feel like people must have approached you before. Like, do you want to do this or have you thought about doing this? And you kind of go, ah, I'll get to it. You mean in terms of something other than performing? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: A few times, but not a lot. I haven't been approached with, you know, like other, you know, like, like anything to direct. Not really. You know, it's been most of the time that when there's if I've got a script. You know, everybody's right. got a script. You know this right. town, right? right. Everybody's so, good, just walking to Starbucks, you're going to get five scripts. It doesn't matter where you are. <laughs> one
0: with. of them might be really good. Right.
1: And they uh, probably are. Right. Um, so,
0: so you've been in Los Angeles for 30 years now. You used to live here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's your
1: favorite part of L.A.? Favorite part of L.A.? Uh, well, I don't know. I guess I'd have to, you know, I'd have to. Should I say the neighborhood I live in? No, no, no. Don't that? say the neighborhood you live in. You could just uh, say your neighborhood. Oh, no, no, no. That's not a big deal. I'm just saying. I'm. I'm wondering, is that my favorite part of LA or not? I'm oh. coming to think. I mean, I like it, but I live in Studio City. But um, uh, oh. that's where all the studios are. Yeah, it's where a city all those studios. Of, are. The city of all the studios. Oh, Let's connect all oh, these. Let's, just, just because you want an answer, I'll say Toluca Lake. Shut Toluca up. Lake is nice. Yeah. yeah, It really came back around in like the last yeah. ten. Toluca 10 years. Lake at Halloween, they do it upright. It's it's
0: crazy over it's there. It's super neighborhoody over there. Yeah, yeah. In it's in, in a city that does not have, the, the like I don't think of Los Angeles as being neighborhoody. I know there are neighborhoods, but I don't really think of it as like yeah. But that little pocket of Studio City yeah. and Toluca Lake, yeah. it's like. You know, people come out, kids can run through the streets, there's trees on the streets. Yeah, yeah. no, it's great. Plenty of parking. I mean, Bob hopes from there, come on. <laughs> How bad could it be? Lived and died there. He owns a lot of it. That's right, probably owns all of it. Took a lot of it from uh, people who were put in internment camps in the 1940s. <laughs> I heard that was true. I don't know if that's true. I heard that was true. Katie, look it up. No judgment there. No. Katie, look it up. <laughs> That's just what I heard And as Bob Hope is not here to defend himself We may never know Bob Hope Bob, And Bob Hope And property, real estate Bob Hope, real estate Just oh, I just had heard that there was a lot of property That were seized in a, during a certain period In America's history And that some people were able to acquire that property For very, uh, for very low money Okay, good. <laughs> I, Bob, hope it's not true. Is it okay to say that? Is it okay to say it that way? You just did. Okay, good. Doesn't mean it's, it's okay. It's a segue. Yeah. It just means I said it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I. I. Re- I, I. I love Toluca Lake. There's something about it. it. It just Toluca Lake still feels like the area in which. I mean, it still feels like the era in which it cropped up.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we don't have a lot of you know. I, it's in a city this large, I feel like LA should have more culture than I feel like it, it has. <laughs> <laughs> there
1: are pockets. But isn't that the beauty of LA? <laughs> the LA, what's our identity? What do you think of when you think of LA? Things it should have but doesn't. <laughs> yes. Things cuz we're all longing for something. Yeah. yeah. Well, um
0: I my pal Pat Oswald has this idea that I know Pat. You know Patton?
1: Yeah. Patton has this
0: idea that LA is actually not a beautiful city. He goes, No, whenever people say that, uh, whenever, say, whenever people say LA is a beautiful city, they're looking up at the sky. Yeah. They're not looking at the city. They just mean the weather's very well, nice. Yeah.
1: Or they're wearing their shorts in January. That's what they mean.
0: <laughs> it's beautiful. It's a beautiful yeah, city. Look, just look up.
1: It's January 14th, and I got a windbreaker on. Just
0: look oh. up above all the crap and, uh, right. that, that, that litters the streets. Right. But in
1: general. Looks like Blade Runner from the sky. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um and you are also in Melissa's movie. Yes. Uh which is is that coming out this weekend? Uh July 2nd. July 2nd. Yep. Oh, oh the big oh, it's a big 4th of July the movie. One. Holy the big shit. big one.
1: Well that's what yeah. She's got she's got the Wednesday before July 4th, yeah. That's a big one to have.
0: That's right.
1: Very impressive, Melissa McCarthy. That's right.
0: Not everybody gets that
1: spot, goddammit.
0: I knew Melissa when uh, she went by Missy, and she was a PA on her cousin Jenny McCarthy's sketch comedy show. Oh,
1: wow. Okay.
0: And and I remember at the time thinking like,
1: but you're really funny. Why are you a PA? And it was just like, well, you
0: got to start somewhere.
1: Yeah. No, she is... uh, She's on fire. Funny. She's like I said, she's she's like Julia. She's lethally funny. And uh in this movie, yeah, she's uh <laughs> She's out of control. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys had the premiere yet? Uh no. The premiere is actually, I believe, on Monday the thirtieth. This you, that's this Monday. Yeah. Do you
0: like premieres? Uh yeah, sure.
1: You're a, yeah. I mean I, I think I'm not, a little... I'm not I don't I don't know anyone that goes like I can't wait to go to the function and get the photos and the thing. It's gonna be. I no, it's it's fine. It's fun. I just uh, think I think they're weird.
0: They still weird me out.
1: Well, there's just it's very. It's just it's a lot of you know. The I, I think off. what's ter- it's the coverage. It's and it's fine. It's great for the business and all that. But it's it's like a it's like a frenzy. It's just like a mini. Almost polite frenzy there's a lot of you know a lot of hubbub and a lot of shouting and a lot of you know flashing lights and and um you know kind of chaos getting into you know any getting in and out of any uh of of these uh places but it's good for the movie you' a lot of buzz but once you're in then it's just watching a movie and then you know hanging out at the party and just like it's like anything else but um <laughs> You know the, the the carpet phenomenon of of where that's gone in the last twenty years is it's it's a little it's a little surreal. Not that I have all that much knowledge of red carpets. Believe me, I've, my time on them has been limited. But it's uh, it's you know you've you've been on them, sure. It, it's, I've it's, been on them. Yeah, they're they're
0: they're they make me really uncomfortable. Yeah, I mean- I don't feel like I'm ever posing the right way. You feel like you're going to go into a weird. Seizure because well, of the,
1: what? What would be the right way, though? I mean, I, I don't, don't know. Although you see some of these women that are decked, they are—they're like they know—they have a def they make definite choices. I know. don't think
0: anyone feels comfortable on a red carpet because
1: it's essentially no. But you can look on—you un- can look comfortable and yes, not be comfortable. Yes, and then there there are those who you know. Do not do not do neither. I think I do neither. But that's fine, it doesn't matter. I don't neither you know, look comfortable or are comfortable. I don't
0: do this for red carpets, so it's fine. Like I, right. I, I can I can be uncomfortable with them. I just That's why I think, what, I think the
1: more you do it, then it, the less it affects you. That because it's so limited the time I've been on them, although I've been on them and but it it's just, you know, you just you keep, you know, waiting for I don't know what to happen, but isn't it funny to think about the time when the Oscars were
0: like, you know, decades ago it was just like they just got together like in a hotel conference room? Yeah and that was it you know maybe a couple snapshots and then and then they then they went home
1: yeah it was no you know it wasn't it 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 didn't get you know consumed by the the there was no the, there was no machine like there is now of this of this entertainment coverage or just what it just didn't exist. have you been to the Oscars no 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 i mean it, it no feels i,
0: I kind of feel like maybe it wouldn't be fun no it just feels like Everyone's... Well, I,
1: it depends who you were, you know. I mean, I don't know. I guess if you were nominated for two awards, it'd probably be pretty fun. But I don't know if it would be fun then. Then it would just be stressful. Well, You just have to. I mean, but it's all—it's all so much. Just kind of, you know, it is just like, you know, what do you think? So a big evening. I mean, I've, I've literally had that said to me, and I read, "This was it." So, <laughs> you tell me what I should be saying to you. I'm sorry. So, mm hmm.
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. You want
1: me to? I say you want me to go from there. Okay. Yeah.
0: Please. I don't. I'm scared, and I don't know what I'm supposed to ask right. you. Right. Literally, it was that?
1: <laughs> At least it was a word. Sometimes just you know, or just a visual. Movies. Yeah. Right. Huh? <laughs> Big night. Huh? Wow. Big night. Huh? Office yeah. space. Ah. They'll just say a thing
0: that they associate you with. Yeah. You're right. And then you're supposed to go like.
1: But yes, right, exactly
0: true. That is a thing that happened.
1: Yeah, it's just
0: what happened. And
1: how excited are you supposed to be? That's the other thing. Yeah, I mean, mean, how really, literally excited (laughs) are you supposed to be? You know, sometimes there are great
0: leaps forward in our nation the moon landing or the uh, the or the founding of democracy. And I think this night ranks right. You know,
1: and the forty eighth SAG awards, yes, <laughs> right up there with Neil Armstrong, first step on the lunar landscape. It's equal to me. I'm that. I am that excited. I could be in a spacesuit right now, and I have everything figured out. Yes, and
0: everything's great.
1: And then I will. Yes. Oh, and after the awards, oh, the night will just go on forever, and how glorious it will be for all of us. We will all bask in blissful perfection. Yes. <laughs> We're the best people ever. <laughs> Somebody said I've gone forty-five minutes without someone telling me how great I am. Oh
0: my god, it's weird. It feels weird. Does it feel weird to you? It Feels weird to me because I don't. This is a how weird can crap. I survive this torment? I'll tell you, uh, I'm so great. I didn't realize that no one had told me I was great for forty-five minutes. That's right. That's how humble I am. You'll get
1: over it. <laughs>
0: uh. Well, uh, it was really great to have you on the podcast. I, Katie just told me that you have to rap. Are you doing a bunch of press today? Do You have to do press today. For the I've movie?
1: got. Well, I'm on. Yeah, I'm kind of on a bit of a clock. So you're on the. You're on the. You're on the press. I'm on the clock. I'm on the clock carpet, yes.
0: Well, Gary Cole, please take your blissful perfection out into the world and continue to do (laughs) wonderful things. (laughs) Yes, I shall. That please our brains greatly.
1: As as you go go out among the great unwashed and see... how brave. I will survive. How brave. How brave of me. Don't
0: let them get any of their gnats on you. No, but enough about me. What about you? What do you think about me? (laughs) Well, I can't stop thinking about how wonderful it is for you to be talking to me right now. I I mean for you,
1: of course. Thank you.
0: We're really doing Hollywood right. (laughs) How good for us. (laughs) And for you who get to witness... The 2014 tour of Colin Hardwick's Blissful Perfection. Yes. (laughs) Now, old... It's cold. We just reek of privilege. Thank (laughs) you. Whoever thought you could actually listen to gold? (laughs) But here it is, pouring into your ears (laughs) in yellow fountains. (laughs) How lucky for you. Liquid audio gold. (laughs) Mm, Ah. Double stuff, even. (laughs) As we take you back into your lives, your pathetic (laughs) lives, when you remember that, yes, you are beneath us, but how lucky are you to carry us like Xerxes across the desert of your lives, which are quite drab in comparison to ours. Uh, Gary is wearing very expensive cargo shorts at the moment. (laughs) Oh, yes. They're a nice maroon, A maroon which you could not afford with the (laughs) pigeons that you bring home. Oh. Oh, That was a good place to end. There you go. Enjoy your burrito, everyone. Thanks.
1: Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito.